Now, you might not believe this, but the career path of almost every super successful individual included having a job just like the one you have now. You're either going to or coming from work, so we might as well talk about it today on Your Way to Work. And now, your host, Ricardo Witte. Hi, everybody. This is Rick Witted, and you're listening to the podcast show On Your Way to Work, the show that talks to you, the worker, on the workplace floor about the things that you need to do and the path that you need to take to have career progression, however you defined it. So I have in studio with me today a usually silent voice, but of course, you guys heard him on last week's episode, our producer, my right-hand man, my buddy, Christian Witted. How you doing, Christian? I'm doing very well. How are you? Good, good. So, Christian, I know you uh, had an idea for a show today, so I'm going to let you take it away, and uh, we'll fire some questions out, have a little dialogue with the listeners. Absolutely. So, recently, I read an article on Forbes entitled, Six Ways Envy Destroys Career Advancement. And it sort of got me thinking about envy in of itself in the workplace, how it actually functions or where it actually comes from, because I don't think most people realize that they're actually envious. And so how would you define envious actions or envious thoughts Ooh, in the workplace? That's a really good question. And a topic often discussed quietly in the workplace. Um, wow, man, you almost stumped me at the beginning. So does Webster or Miriam's dictionary have a definition for envy? Absolutely. Let, let's start there because I don't want to reinvent something. What, what does that say? Yeah. So Webster's Dictionary defines envy as a feeling of discontentment or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities or luck. Hmm. So discontentment, it's kind of what it produces. It's this feeling of not being con- content or satisfied or happy. Because of something someone has and a longing for that thing. So, you know, I'm going to I'm going to take the easy way out on your first (laughs) question of what's the definition of envy and what I, I think that is the that's a very good definition. Now, let me let me give you what I I think is very interesting about this word or this topic in the workplace. I kind of alluded to it at the top. It's it is. This is a subject that often people talk about, but it's not an out loud at the board table kind of conversation. It's more a one off or a whispering conversation in the break room kind of conversation. And what I mean by that is when we're envious no one wants to show that they're envious. Exactly. I mean, there isn't a person alive that cherishes and nourishes and loves and, you know, adore the idea of them being envious to the world, the world knowing they're envious. It's a very private, if I could use the word, it's a very private sin, right? It's something that kind of 
bruise on the inside of us. And that can be very dangerous for a couple of reasons. One is the private quiet things often tend to have an animated growth that cannot be checked because no one knows about it. And so, you know, envy can start as a little seed that just grows and grows and grows. So I think this is a very interesting topic uh, for a workplace show because probably no one talks about it out loud. Now, everybody will talk about it to their friends or, you know, that close person. They'll say, oh, I just can't stand this person. And because that's typically your partner, your buddy, your, your BFF, your best friend or whatever, you know, they're going to agree with you, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I know. Christian is just so blah, blah, blah. I just, I, I agree with you. But, you know, that's not a conversation we would have with a stranger, right? The two of you are going to just brouhaha it up and you won't call it envy. You'll call it this person thinks they're so fill in the blank. But it really is, in a sense, envy, So, I mean, I think the topic is important because it is not often discussed amongst individuals in a productive manner. So I don't know if I really answered your question there, Christian, but man, you have really stopped me on this topic today. What what else you got for me? It seems to me like what you're saying is that envy doesn't come across as envy. It it seems to masquerade as as other emotions, whether that be uh, anger or maybe a feeling of inferiority, like sure. say that. Um, well, and no one's going to say inferiority, right? Well, frustration, yes. this person gets on my nerve, those type terms. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Like, for example, that statement, oh, well, they're close to the boss or they are the derogatory term brown noser. Right. They seem to feel like they're at an disadvantage. You seem to feel like you're at a disadvantage. Um, you know, it's interesting that you say that. Because of the term you use, I think it's a perfect term, masquerade, you can't really call it out loud. But I can tell you that the words you just used are great indicators that you may be dealing with envy in the workplace. And and by the way, this conversation ditto in our personal life. It is absolutely no different. Envy absolutely acts the same way. It does the same things in our personal lives that it does in the workplace and vice versa. Let me throw this question out there. What do you think is the root of envy? Where does it really stem from? Man, I I thought this was a workplace show. You're getting deep uh, (laughs) on me today. (laughs) Um, Work-life balance. Yeah, no joke. So I have a, a ton of answers around this that are probably, you know, full disclosure, shaped by my Christian faith for sure. When I apply this to the workplace, I would say that the root of envy is this, it's jealousy. It's the desire to have something and have it now. So there could be several drivers for that. So one driver toward envy could be lust, right? I want more than I have. Another driver could be impatience, and I want it now, uh, and it's not coming quick enough. Another driver could be entitlement. I want it now, it's not coming quick enough, and I deserve it. I have worked so hard. How could, how could they give it to him or her? I mean, those are some drivers that can 
really kick off envy. And, you know, we have to be really careful with this one. This thing, this is a viper and it has a deadly head on it. And um, it can really root some behaviors um, in us that could lead to problems, right? So, for example, that, you know, going from the, the, the lust, the desire for more to, um, you know, impatience because I don't have it now and entitlement because I deserve it. I mean, those things could make me skip, skip the rules, right? They could make me cut corners in the quality of my work. They could make me, you know, go behind others' backs and do things that um, make me look good and make them look bad. I mean, there's just a source of things that come from that. And I think every statement that I just made, every listener right now is going, oh, totally. I, I know someone. Oh, that's that's Bob or that's Sue or that's Megan or that's Tommy or I mean, everybody can do that. But like nobody listening is going, oh, that was me. I remember when I did that because we don't see that. It's kind of like the phrase I always say, no one, you know, no one cares what you said. The only no one cares what you meant. They only care about what you said and how it made them feel. This is kind of the same con, con, uh, concept in reverse. It's it's you know, I know when everybody's act in a way that it's so not right, but I can't ever remember right innately, naturally without prodding you know, when I was envious, so to speak. So, I, it, you know, another good question, Christian, I think. Thank you. Speaking to that, the Forbes article had a statement that I really liked. It was, envy doesn't fuel people. It defines them. And I think you were sort of getting to this and what you were saying. Everyone can name someone who is envious. It, it seems to define their actions. Uh, it seems to define them both personally and professionally in a way. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those, and I don't remember the episode from season one, but interview with a very dear friend of mine, David Paul, very successful attorney in the Orlando area. And David and I talked a two-part interview on the subject of career tattoos. And I think this is one of those career tattoos. Um, You can, and the thing is no one's going to call it envy, but they're going to describe your behaviors, right? Envy doesn't, it doesn't wear a t-shirt that says envy. It usually wears a t-shirt that says you can't trust him or they're going to undermine you or you just don't know what pos- what position they're going to take. So don't go in a room ready for battle with that person behind you. It's going to look like that, right? And And you're going to get that career tattoo where people say, you know what? The commercial about Rick is this. And because of that, I don't trust him. There's, you know, a manager who may, you know, get that um, commercial about you if you're operating in envy and it's leading to these types of or or the the types of behaviors that I just mentioned are going to say, there's no way I promote this guy. They're a hard worker, but oh, man, they'll they'll stab anybody in the back to to get ahead. It's not, you know, here's the other statement that can really kill you. It's a career tattoo that often can come from envy. They're not a team player. This is not a person I can trust, you know, to be a part of the team. And sometimes that's other things and it's not envy, but envy is absolutely one of those things that can lead to that. Man, you you are deep today, Kristen. (laughs) 
I mean, good questions. Um, wow, I've never really thought about this in the context of the workplace, though I've heard it, you know, off the balance sheet, so to speak, a million times. Thanks, Rick. Uh, let me throw another question at you. Where is the line between being competitive and envious? Because I might be a competitive person. I want to have my boss's job or I want to move up in position or I want more pay and I'm willing to work for that. I'm willing to compete with people in my workplace. When does that become envy? Um, I don't know that competitiveness and envy are you know, on the same scale. I think they can be roots of behaviors sometimes they can be the same or very different. So I can be competitive by nature, right? And that doesn't mean that, uh, and by the way, I'm very competitive by nature. Anyone that has worked for me or that I've worked for, you know, they will always tell you that, you know, my goal is to be the best, to be number one if I can, or absolutely to be one that stands out clearly amongst the rest. So, you know, competitiveness is not a negative or a bad thing in of itself, but envy is, right? Envy is, it's not competitive. It's this yearning for what someone else is, has, or what what um, status of life they may be in. And that yearning um, can produce, it can produce a competitive nature, either overtly competitive or you know, covertly competitive internally. Um, so I, and I don't think that those two are the same things, but let me say this about competitiveness. Competitiveness in and of itself is very healthy. There is nothing wrong with being competitive. However, the end result of competitiveness should still have in mind that the entire team wins. If you're the only winner you know, and your competition or your competitiveness is about you clearly winning above and in spite of everything else. In other words, if the end goal of winning is to win and not to help the team be better or that help the team win more or score more points, then, you know, that's when competitiveness can become a cancer, you know, or you're competitive to the point that no one else matters that's when competitiveness can be a big negative. When it becomes envy. Right. It can become envy. And, you know, here's a good dynamic, right? You can be envious and be at the top, right? You can be at the top and still be envious. Why? Because there's this, another one of those drivers, greed. You, you want more. You want more money or you want more of the attention. And God forbid someone under you gets more attention. I, I've met managers like that where, you know, they're top of the food chain, but, you know, there's this bright, sharp person on the team that they are just determined to prove that that person does not know as much or that person is, so to speak, under their foot. Well, that's envy in operation. So envy is not someone has something that I want only. It can be Someone is wanting to share something that I completely have. And in that case, greed is the driver. I see that a ton in the workplace. Speaking to that, the Forbes article that I referenced earlier actually had six points. So let me go through these six points. The first is competitiveness is lost. The second, authenticity remains dormant. 
The third, it's difficult to build momentum. The fourth, it disrupts your ability to network with others. Wow, that's a good one. Your fifth, trusting yourself becomes impossible. And sixth and final, self-worth and happiness are completely eroded. Mm. Man, that is a good list. We got to make sure and post this Forbes article for the listeners. Absolutely. This is a resource that you guys should really check into. I, I, I got to read it myself. I'll, I'll be honest, my producers read it, but I haven't. So <laughs> I'll have to. Who's that article by? That article is by Glenn Lopez, I believe. L-L-O-P-I-S. Okay, we got to give a shout out to him. So way to go, Glenn. Great resource for the workers in the workplace. So, man, I, I love those six definitions or those six things that cause envy to destroy careers. Can you say those six things again, Christian? Absolutely. The first is competitive spirit is lost. Mm. The second is authenticity remains dormant. The third is that it becomes difficult to build momentum. The fourth is that it disrupts your ability to network with others. The fifth, trusting yourself becomes impossible. And the sixth, self-worth and happiness are eroded. Yeah. I mean, I just see the, per, uh, you know, a person internally just boiling themselves to death, right? And things beginning to die on the inside because this, this envy is just burning them up. And it causes this loss of creativity and connection with other folks. Two things that you, is a must in the workplace. If you want to overcome this idea or this, the temptation to be envious, I would say, one, you've got to nurture creativity. And it's got to be a creative spirit that, you know, sparks others, right? And that leads to my second point of connectivity. You have got to be connected to people. You've got to build relationships in the workplace. And, you know, if, if there's this old saying, and I'll, I'll kind of end on this. Happiness is not having everything I want. It's wanting everything I have. And so often, you know, this idea of, of envy, which is completely mixed with entitlement and selfishness and impatience. And when you look at those things, they're typically things that drive us away from people, drive our concern from people away or it dampens our concern for people and causes us to be self-absorbed either self-absorbed in a sometimes recklessly competitive way or self-absorbed in a total internal it's all about me pity party you know to add to that in the article, one thing that Glenn did say is that others become threats instead of rivals. Yeah. Oh, man, that is so good. Every listener, when you finish listening to this episode, I want you to go to at Ari Witted on Twitter and tweet me. And I just want you to tell me, you know, I have seen envy in the workplace. And let's just use hashtag workplace envy. So if you've seen this, and I think that is so spot on, Glenn's like, he hit a home run out of the park. When we're operating in this way, people become a threat to us. And I see this all the time in the workplace. And sometimes it is not in an aggressive way that makes us, you know, do things negatively. 
it could be completely internal, but we begin to view people as threats. And that's when we use those co code words, you know, bosses, pet, and, um, you know, they're just, it's politics and they're brown nosing and da da da. da. I mean, we, we, we use all kinds of phrases like that. But what you're really saying when you make that statement is, I feel threatened by Bob or Jane or Sue or Tom or Billy or Mary or whoever. And I, you don't want to admit that. I got you. But, you know, we're going to leave the show on this note. If you're making those kind of statements, I'm just going to tell you, you may not want to own up to it. But here is what you're saying loud and clear. Hear yourself really loud and clear. I view them as a threat. If you don't view them as a threat, so what does it matter to you? If they're connected or, or or what you call politics, which means they have a relationship with someone a little bit higher up at a little bit closer or at least more of an interactive level than you. So what? What does it matter unless you feel threatened by that person? And, and I got to tell you, my friends, we're going to end the show on that note. That is absolutely what envy is. Well, on that note, thank you for listening in to this week's episode of On Your Way to Work. And like Rick said, tweet us, hashtag Workplace Envy, at R.A. Witted. You can also check us out at Facebook.com slash R.A. Witted. Or leave us a question or comment on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing. Review us. Rate us. That's how this show can get better. Until next week, this has been Christian and Rick Witted. And you've been listening to On Your Way to Work. God bless.